together give him honor glory and praise Jesus we magnify your great name you are so awesome so worthy Jesus we lift you up praise you God and glorify you Jesus amen if you have a Bible with you would you turn to Matthew chapter 11 uh, I'm, I'm sorry Hebrews chapter 11 Hebrews chapter 11 I almost messed up the projection guy back there uh, that's the message we're going to be preaching this morning uh, I came to the pulpit this morning not knowing, actually to the platform, not knowing which message the Lord wanted me to preach, and then the Lord made it clear that this is the one that he wants me to talk about. So if you could stand just for a moment. By the way, welcome to all our guests. We, ha we have some guests that are here. We're glad you're here, and, um, and we hope you feel the presence of the Lord and hear uh, what the Lord wants to talk to us about. So Hebrews chapter 11, two verses of Scripture. Starting at verse 24, it says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I want to read that last verse again, verse 25. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I want to preach just from a one-word title, and this message is entitled Seasons. Seasons. Would you pray with me, Jesus? We're grateful again that you've allowed us to be in your house this morning, and we ask that you would touch this message so that it would minister to everyone that hears it, everyone that would receive it according to their personal need and to the desire that you have for their hearts and lives. So touch us today. Let us hear what you're saying to us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. you. may be seated. Once again, welcome to all of our guests. We're glad you're here. A couple of things real quick. Again, thank you for all, all of you that have helped with uh, uh, being able to help fund some of the campers that are going to camp. Uh, if there's anyone here that would still like to support a camper, see me uh, at, at the end of church. All right, now let's get into the message. What is a season? What is a season? Now, in New England, we do have four distinct seasons. And right about this time of year, going into, you know, the end of uh, July, the early part of August, when it's 90, 95 degrees, 99 degrees, 100 degrees, and humid out, we begin to hope for what? We begin to hope for fall right? And fall comes, and we love the colors, we love the leaves, we love the time of year, the, uh, the changing of the seasons, and the leaves begin to fall, and all of the beautiful colors, and, and we, we love it. But then, towards the end of fall, we begin thinking, boy, it's going to be really nice to see some snow. At least for me, I, I enjoy the snow. And then, uh, so, except for you truck drivers and some of you out there that have to be in the highways when it's, 
when it's snowing. And, of course, some of you bad drivers that have to be on the highways when it's, when it's snowing. And, and, and so the snow comes, and then the temperatures drop to 20 degrees and 10 degrees and minus 10 degrees. And we start saying, oh, I hate winter. I wish spring would come. And then spring comes and the rains come and we say we really would like for summer. We are a very fickle people, aren't we? Whatever season we're in, we enjoy it for a season. We enjoy it for a short time, but then we long for the next season. Now, I love summer. I love spring, summer, and fall because those are the times of year that I can go fishing. I like winter just because I like the snow and I love Christmas and I love the holiday season. I, I, I enjoy that. But once Christmas is over, I'm ready to put the boat in the water. And, and so I'm trying to kind of share with you that, that uh, when we think of season, we think of spring, summer, fall, and winter. They last for approximately three months each, roughly. Seasons, however, are also characterized by particular circumstances. I really want you to listen to me for a while this morning because I believe the Lord has a message for every one of us. A period of the year is characterized by or associated with a particular activity. And a season is also known as an indefinite period of time. So in the sense of the seasons that you see here on the projection behind me, it talks about spring, summer, winter, and fall, or it shows a definition or an idea of that. But when you look at the definition of season, it is also an indefinite period of time. It's not necessarily just three months. What I'm trying to tell you is this. There are times in our lives that we go through seasons. Is everybody with me still? Moses, the Bible tells us, chose to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I don't want you to let that idea go by. I want you to hold on to that this morning. I want you to recognize the fact, that, and many of you may not know this, but Moses lived for a long time in, in Egypt. It wasn't just until he was a teenager. In fact, it might have been until he was some 40 years old that he lived in Egypt before he left Egypt. We don't really know for sure, but the Bible says there was a time in his life that he chose to leave Egypt, which is a representation of sin which is a representation of the world. He chose to leave Egypt and suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin as a season. So have you ever known someone who is a drug addict or an alcoholic? I personally know some. In fact, there are some family members of mine that unfortunately lived their lives, lived such a life that literally destroyed them. My own father only lived to be about 53 years old because he, he was hev a heavy drinker and smoker for many years, and it destroyed his heart, uh, and he could only survive until 
he was 53 years old. That is a young age to die. But it is the season that he chose. It is the alcohol. Uh, it is the smoking that he chose uh, that put him in a place where he could not live as long as he possibly could have uh, had he chosen a different season, had he chosen a different way of life. So a season could be for a set time. For others, a season. For some, it may be a short time. For others, it may last longer. But life is a series of choices. Am I right when I say that? Life is a series of choices. We choose to serve God or we choose not to serve Him. And we serve a God that gives us that choice. He will not make you serve Him. He will not make you follow Him. He will not make you uh, do right by the Word of God. But if you do, He will bless you. We, so we choose, him, choose to serve Him or we choose not to serve Him. If the time, if a season is a time characterized by circumstances, then the length of, of that time is directly connected to the circumstances. Change the circumstances and you change the season, right? We can't change winter, spring, summer, and fall. We can't change that. Brother Vernon, it's going to change on its own whether we like it or not. As much as you love 90 degrees, it's going to come a day when it's going to drop down to 32 degrees. Whether you like it or not. Now, now, if, if you were to move to a place like Florida where it's hot almost all the year round. I remember visit, visiting Florida one time when, when uh, I left Connecticut. It, and it was in the 20s and I got there and it was in the 60s. And they're walking around with jackets on and I'm walking around going, man, it's hot here. <laughs> but that's just the way it is. To them, 60 degrees is freezing cold. It gets down to 50 or 40, and they think, you know, just something terrible has happened. And, and so we in Connecticut enjoy these four distinct seasons, but there's something for every one of us to love, and there's something for every one of us to hate. So when we change the circumstances, we change the season, not as weather but in what we're going through in our life. When you graduated from high school, the season of your life changed. And there are some here that have recently graduated from high school. And that's pretty awesome. But welcome to life. Now I see some adults that are starting to nod your heads. Because high school is not real life. Oh, yes, it's life. But when you graduate high school and you either have to go on to higher learning or earn a living, welcome to life. When you have to stop letting mama and daddy pay all your bills and you have to start paying all of your own bills and covering your own way of life, then you begin to learn what life really is about. Up until the end of high school, it's pretty much been handed to you on a platter. But now when you got to work, <laughs> go all the way back to Genesis by the sweat of your brow, 
And then you begin to see what life is really like. You can't go back to elementary school. You can't go back to high school. That season of your life is over. Yesterday we had a wonderful wedding for Cain and Alicia. When you get married, there's a new season of life. And then when you have children, there is a new season of life. Up until the time you have children, you could do just about anything you want. I, I, I don't want to offend anybody like when I say this, but having kids is a lot like having a pet. Wherever you go, you got to be concerned about the pet. Does anybody, anybody have a cat or a dog? You can't just take off for a week, right? What do you have to do? Find somebody, either bring the cat with you or bring the dog with you or find somebody to dog sit it or cat sit it, right? Now, I know that's a little bit of a crazy illustration, but when you have kids, you're a new, new season of life. You can't just pick up and move out. You can't just pick up and do whatever you want. Uh, you got to buy diapers and you got to buy formula and you got to, you know, every time you, you pick that child up and you got that foul smell, you got to decide what you're going to do. There's a season of life you're going to have to deal with it. And then when they begin, you know, they start crawling, there's a new season of life. When they start pulling themselves up to that, to that table, there's a new season of life. Now you've got to take all the expensive stuff and put it up higher where the kids can't get at it. You all, you all know what I'm talking about. There, there are seasons in everyone's life. But once you hit a certain season, you can never go back to a previous season. Some of my friends, which I had before I began to serve God, uh, or be, began to serve God, are either dead uh, or have very difficult lives. A close relative of mine who was absolutely gorgeous, beautiful when she was 18, 19, 20, and, and, and a little bit past that. Uh, but when she chose a lifestyle of drugs, uh, all of a sudden uh, she began to age. And now when she should be in her 40s, she looks like she's in her 70s or 80s uh, because of the lifestyle that she has chosen. Uh, you look at her today and you can't even recognize uh, the young lady that she was was when she was 20 and 25 years old because of the season that she chose. And so today, many people would not even recognize her. In fact, today she is homeless because of the lifestyle she has chosen. I have friends who, who chose a life of sin and drugs that took some 20 years out of their lives. My, I told you a few moments ago that my father died at age 53 because of a lifestyle of drinking and smoking that led to heart disease and ill health. I stood by his bedside. I was right there as he was breathing his last breath. There was something that impacted me at that moment. You see, he was not hoping for one more cigarette. He was not hoping for one more beer. He was hoping for one more moment 
of time. He was hoping to see his children be successful. He was hoping to see his grandchildren grow up. And as he was struggling, his bloodshot eyes, and he was breathing his last breath, I assure you that's what he was thinking about. He was probably thinking, I wish I had made better choices in my life. I want to talk to to you today about the seasons that are attached with the choices that we're making right now. Moses chose the people of God over the pleasures of sin. The pleasures of sin have a season attached to it. Did you hear what I said? The pleasures of sin. I'm not going to tell you that sin is not pleasurable because even the Bible says it is. But the thing about the pleasures of sin is they have a season attached to it. It is pleasurable to a point. The season has a set time. It will only last so long. A friend of mine's sister when she was, I believe, 17 years old, tried to smoke pot marijuana for the very first time. Someone had laced it with poison. Her very first time smoking marijuana, somebody that she didn't know had laced it with poison, and she went crazy. She is in a mental institution today some 30 years later because she chose to smoke marijuana one time. That season of her life doing drugs was very short-lived. I don't want to offend anybody today, and I'm not targeting anybody. You might think I am, but I'm not. I'm here to reach out in compassion and love to somebody. You see, that lady's season of drugs lasted a short time. Now she's in a mental institution. The pleasures of sin only last a season. Did you hear this preacher this morning? The pleasures of sin will only last a season. Moses grew up in Egyptian wealth and prosperity and had all the benefits that came along with it. Amen. We look at the New Testament. The prodigal son took his inheritance and enjoyed the party life for a season. But when it was over, he was so hungry that even the stuff that he was throwing out for the pigs to eat in the morning became appetizing to him. And he was interested in eating pig slop. How can we ever think that these seasons of our life are somehow going to last forever? Because they're not. Amen? So someone, amen, in fact, let me go ahead here a little bit. In in Romans, I want to read um, Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I'd like to jump back for just a moment. The Bible tells us when it talks about the prodigal son that he came to himself. He came to himself. He hit a roadblock in life. He grew up, and I I feel like I need to kind of tell this story. He grew up in a good house. He grew up with a good dad, and and we don't know anything about his mom, but likely a good mom as well. His dad had wealth. His dad was extremely wealthy, and one day this young man said, Dad, I want to have my inheritance now. 
Basically, if you think about that, he was saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. Now it got quiet in here. He was saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. But I am asking you for my inheritance now. And so his dad gave him his inheritance. And off he went, and he began to party it up had all kinds of friends and was enjoying the, the pleasures of sin for a season. And life was going along well until he ran out of money. And those people that were good friends when he was drinking and had the money to pay the bar tab, they were hanging around then, but when he ran out of money, they were no longer there. They were gone. They were long gone. Listen to me, child of God. You need to understand something. There are people you think are your friends, uh, and there are people that are really your friends. Uh, and if somebody is really your friend, uh, they're going to tell you when, they're, when you're messing up. Uh, they're going to tell you when you're going the wrong way. They're going to tell you when you're barking up the wrong tree. Uh, they're going to tell you if you make that choice, uh, there's going to be a season attached to it. And you may not like that season. It may be enjoyable for right now, but when that season starts getting old uh, and, and your friends are no longer there, just like the prodigal son, uh, amen, he found himself uh, as a good Jewish boy, by the way, uh, that, uh, that feeding pigs, uh, and, and they, their, their, dietaries, their dietary laws uh, did not allow them to eat pigs. And he wasn't eating pigs, he was feeding them. How low can a child of God get to the point where you're feeding something that is detestable by your God's law? And not only are you feeding them, but you are interested in what they are interested in. And the Bible says he came to himself. Uh, in other words, it was those, uh, yes, duh, one of those moments. Uh, it's like, oh, all of a sudden, okay, uh, you know what? Uh, I, it, my life was better when I was in daddy's house. Uh, and, and, and in his own mind, he was saying, I know my dad will never receive me back again. Uh, but if my dad will somehow just let me be a servant in his house... Uh, because even the servants in his house have it better than I have it right now. So I'm going to go home, and I'm going to beg my father, and I'm going to say, Dad, uh, I have done wrong by you, uh, but I just want you to receive me, not as a son, uh, but as a servant. Dad, would you take me back home? Uh, so he's walking back home. Uh, the fine clothes he walked away with uh, were now tattered and, bo uh, and filthy and disgusting. He smelled like pig. Uh, he wasn't terrible shape but he walked home the Bible says when he began to walk up the road to his house his dad saw him and ran to him but it is that moment that he came to himself that I want to drive home to you sometime you're going to realize in your life that the path that you are down is going to destroy you and my prayer is this that you come to yourself sooner rather than later. Going back to my dad for just a moment, growing, growing up, I never remember going to my dad's house 
without the smell of alcohol upon his breath. I never remember going to his house without the smell of alcohol upon his breath. I remember times with him driving me home because uh, my mom was a single, uh, and, uh, was a divorced mom, and, and, and so we lived with her. She was the primary, and so we lived with her. We would visit sometimes with my dad on weekends, and there were times that my dad would drive, drive us home uh, that he was weaving on the highway because he was drunk. Maybe none of you grew up in that kind of a lifestyle, or maybe n never, n none of you ever had to face anything like that. But I, I, I remember it, and I remember it distinctly. I remember that it was more important for him to buy the next beer than it was uh, to be able to spend the weekend with me. I remember times that he was scheduled to visit me on the weekend that he could not come. You understand, maybe you don't get this, and, and maybe I'm just way off in left field somewhere, but somebody needs to realize the choices that you're making right now have placed you in a season, and maybe you're okay with that season for this moment, uh, but I assure you, sooner, sooner or later, if the life uh, that you are choosing is a life of sin and drugs and alcohol, that, that season is going to get old, and it's going to get old real quick. And either it's going to stop abruptly, or God's going to have mercy in your life. And my prayer is that God has mercy. Many of you have changed the seasons of your life. In fact, I, I, I know some that have changed the season of their life and walked away from God. But I also know others that have changed the season of their life and they've walked to God. And they have repented and been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with God's Spirit. That is awesome. But any one of us at some point in our life will come to a fork in the road. Are, are, you, are you listening? Every one of us sooner or later in your life is going to come to a fork in the road. You're going to have the choice, do I go this way or do I go that way? And there's a season attached with the direction that you go. This way to God and that way to sinful pleasures. I know I may not be making, making too many friends this morning, but I hope and I pray that through this message someone sees the season that they're in and they make a change in their life if they need to. It scares me when people, when people I have seen walk away from God and then begin to brag about the pleasures of sin as if it's some kind of a game or as if it will last, but it won't. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting at verse 1, he said, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together. A time of embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away. 
a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time of love and a time of hate, a time of war and a time of peace. In verse 9 is very important what he says, What profit hath he that worketh in all wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. I'm going to try to explain that part to the very best of my ability. Simon, uh, Solomon, I'm sorry, is looking at life. And he's talking about all of these seasons, a time to be born and a time to die, a pl- time to plant and a time to pluck up. He's talking about all those seasons. And at the end of that phrase, he begins to think, what is the use? It's almost like he throws his hands up in the air. And says, it just seems to me that there's just no use. There's no real reason. There's no rhyme or reason to life. It just seems like everything plods along. And what what is going to happen is going to happen. And I'm going to try to share some, some things with you in a moment. But in the God's Word translation of that same set of scriptures, starting at verse 9. And again, this is a different translation. It says, what do working people gain from their hard labor? Verse 10 says, I have seen mortals weighed down with the burden that God has placed upon them. Verse 11, it is beautiful how God has done everything at a right time. He has put sense, put, put a sense of eternity in people's minds. Yet mortals still can't grasp what God is doing from the beginning to the end of time. I want to share something with you. I absolutely believe that God has put eternity in every single mind. I believe that from the very beginning of our life that God somehow places within every human being the knowledge of the difference between good and evil. I do not believe that people are born to be evil and that they're born to be good. I don't believe in predestination, that some will be saved and others will not. I believe that everyone has a choice. You can choose to walk with God, or you can choose not to walk with Him. But I want to tell this to you if I can. Don't get angry at God because you've made the wrong choice. When I look back, now, obviously I've been a full-time pastor for some time, but have you ever really thought about how many hours you have worked? Those of you that are 40, 50, 60 years old, have you ever really thought about how many hours you worked and how much money you've made? When I begin to to look back and I, I start thinking about how much money I've made over my lifetime, I say, where is it all? What happened to it all? When I was 20 years old, I think I thought I was going to live forever. Now I realize I'm on the downward slope. 
<laughs> I know you don't want to hear stuff like this, but my clock is more that way. I don't have as much time as I used to have. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Because, God willing, when my time does run out, that I'll be serving God. And I'll be ushered from this 70-some-odd years of life into eternity in heaven with God. When Moses chose to, to go with the people of God rather than the pleasures of sin for a season, he had a revelation. He had an understanding. Have you ever noticed that we have limited time? Those of you that are 20-something, you're, you're, you just tuned me out. I understand you just totally tuned me out. If you're 15, 16, I, I know we got kids out in the teen, teen room, but, but it, you know, when you're 15 years old, you think your whole life is ahead of you. I was leading a lifestyle before God saved me that, uh, that one, of, one of my friend's brothers that we used to hang around with all the time died at age 17 because he, because he was hanging, they were, they were partying, they were drinking, they were doing drugs, uh, and he was hanging on to the front of a car as the car was speeding around and doing donuts and things like that when he fell off the front of that car and got enveloped in the wheels of that car and died instantly. He didn't wake up that morning thinking, this is my last day at 17 years old. I know it's quiet, and I know it's, it's kind of a solemn spirit in here, but I believe God is talking to us. Have you ever noticed that you aren't as young as you used to be? Some of us are at the stage of life that when you bend over to tie your shoes, you wonder what else you should do while you're down there. Amen? Some of you used to run around the neighborhood without breaking a sweat, and now all you have to do is carry the laundry basket upstairs and you, you run out of breath. Hello? <laughs> I hope somebody at least helps me and says amen out there. You know, when you, you used to be able to see good, and now your corrective lenses need to be corrected again. You're on your fourth or fifth pair of, uh, of bifocals, and you still need a, 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 a magnifying glass. <laughs> Amen. It, it, it's life. It, it really is. And, and, and I'm, I'm not justifying getting unhealthy and things like that. I'm saying, hey, we really need to try to uh, have the best possible life and stay healthy and, and, and you know, and, and and, uh, and things like that. I understand that. But to everyone, there is a season. An old preacher told a group of younger preachers to remember that they would die. And this is what he said to them, and I quote, They're going to put you in a box, he said, and put the box in the ground, they're going to throw dirt on your face, and they're going to go back to church and eat potato salad. 
Somebody smile. I want to ask you, what season are you in? Now, I don't want you to dismiss what I'm saying today. I'm asking you, and I want everybody to consider this right now. What season are you in? And I'm hoping you don't ignore me because what your season is right now, what season you're in right now is vital. You see, when that period is placed at the end of your life, it's not all the, pa- it's not all the parties that's going to matter. It's not all the drugs. It's not all the drinking. It's not all the running around and cheating. It's not, none of that stuff is going to matter when that period is put at the end of your life. Uh, if you're saved, you're saved. If you're lost, you're lost. Uh, h- how much alcohol you can, 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 can consume, I'm sorry, and how much drugs you can do is not going to matter then. Uh, sure, the pleasures of sin, are they're real, but they will only last for a season. I remember as a teenager, and I am thankful for this experience, but I remember as a teenager when my pastor brought me to a veteran's hospital, and I remember seeing a man there who you could tell had throat cancer. Most of his throat was gone. He was at the very end of his life. He had a hole that was cut in his neck. And I remember going to that veteran's hospital when he would take a cigarette from that cigarette pack and he would light it and he would hold it to the hole in his throat and you would heal him wheezing in that smoke. And you would see the smoke come back out that hole in his throat. That forever changed me. I began to think cigarettes have been so important to you that even when they diagnosed you with cancer, it didn't matter. Even when they removed your voice box, it didn't matter. Even when they had to take that huge tumor out of your throat uh, and now you can barely see anything other than your spine there and a little meat around it uh, and you still need that cigarette uh, and you are yet some 50 years old, uh, it, it shocked me. I was changed for that mo- from that moment on when somebody can want something so bad uh, that even when it is eating away at their life, and even when the doctor said you've got only months left to live, they still got to have that cigarette. Something is wrong with that. I realize that even bad things can happen to good people. I realize that. But I assure you this, sin has an expiration date. I got one person that's happy with what I just said. Sin has an expiration date. Amen. In hell, no one will be saying, I wish I could have had one more beer. The rich man asked Lazarus in in, in the Bible to go and warn his brothers. I'm going to read Luke chapter 16, verse 25. But Abraham said, Son, remember us. 
that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us, or between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, uh, so that they which could would pass from thence to, to you cannot, uh, neither can they pass to us that would uh, come from thence. In other words, what he is saying is, we can't go there and you can't come here. In verse 27 it says, then he said, I pray thee therefore, this is, this is the rich man he is saying, I, I pray thee or ask you therefore, Father, if thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come unto this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. In other words, he said they have the word of God just like you have the word of God you have no excuse what this rich man was desiring is he wanted Lazarus uh, to just dip his finger in water and touch his tongue uh, because there was such great torment uh, and Abraham told him it can't happen he can't come here from there and you can't go from there to here uh, we need to understand uh, that in this life uh, it is our choices that are also going to dictate the season that are also going to dictate whether we are in eternity in heaven or hell Amen. We, we need to remember, son or daughter, we need to remember. And I know I didn't read all that scripture, but remember that, that, that if you walked away from God uh, for a boyfriend or a girlfriend or for, for drugs or alcohol or money, then you walked away from God for the wrong reasons. Uh, you should never walk away from God. Uh, a child of God is someone who has known what it is to feel God and to be fi filled with his spirit. Uh, amen. We need to know, amen, that life Life is not always happy, and it's not always going to throw the right things our way, but yet our God loves us, and it is better, always better in serving God than it is in being involved with the world. Amen. When I, and again, I hate to refer to this, but I'm going to. When I watched my fa father gasping for his last breath, it reminded me that it wasn't the alcohol and it wasn't the cigarettes uh, that he was desiring anymore. Amen. In James chapter 4, verse 14, whereas it says, uh, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? He asks the question. What is your life? Uh, it is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanish away. Can I, and I realize, again, that I have lost some of you 20-something-year-old 20 kids uh, or, or, or young people because you don't really uh, comprehend the idea of being 50 and 60 and 70 years old right now. You can't really comprehend it, but maybe you can comprehend this. Uh, can you remember back to the first time you pedaled a bicycle? Can you remember for the first time that you were trying to tread water as somebody was teaching you how to swim? Uh, Amen. If you can somehow look back just that 15 or 20 years ago to that time when you were just a toddler and a young person growing up, and now you're out of high school, so forth and so on, maybe somehow you can come to grips with the fact that your life will not last forever. 
in the end times, in the end of their life, a workaholic is not going to beg for more hours at work. A shopaholic is not going to wish they could race to one more store. An alcoholic won't be begging for another drink. A drug addict won't be looking for another injection, a pill, or a joint. Some seasons are natural and they will pass with time or will change. Uh, but it's the seasons that you choose. Those are the ones you have power over. Did you hear me? It is the seasons that you choose. Those are the ones uh, that you have power over. The Bible says uh, you reap what you sow. If you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption, the Bible says. Uh, if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap life everlasting. Uh, the preacher can't twist your arm to get you to to serve God, and God won't make you serve him. Amen. But mark my words, your choice will place you in a season that is either going to be blessed or cursed. And Moses said, I choose to suffer with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. The mistake people are making today is they think that this season is going to last forever. And it won't. Just talk to some of the men and women that are in the church today that used to have a lifestyle that contradicted the word of God. Amen. And, and I'm looking out here and I could point some of you out. I'm not going to do that. But thankfully, you're in the church today and you're thankful for this new season in your life. How, how many of that, you that had a lifestyle before coming to God, you're grateful for the lifestyle you're in now, the season you're in. You know what I'm talking about. You, you know what it's like to do the drugs. You know what it's like to wait wake up and you didn't even know where you got there or how you got there. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. But my friends, you're here today worshiping the God, worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There will always be an end to your season. Amen. I wish I'm always going to be strong and healthy. And I'm going to do my best to stay that way. Amen. But sadly, those who choose to walk away from God and family will usually die sick, alone, and afraid. And that's the truth. You can't, amen. Let's go ahead and clap our hands to the Lord for a minute. Let me say this. You can't run far enough or fast enough to get away from Jesus. Amen. He's the God that's going to run towards you when you come home. Amen. I, I, I'm saying that prophetically. If you're not serving the Lord right now and you will come to him, he will run towards you when you come back. Uh, amen. When you want to worship him and love him again, he's going to run and he's going to embrace you and he's going to love you and he's going to let you know how much he loves you. Uh, and even though for a time or a season you have chosen a different uh, lifestyle and if you made the wrong choice, uh, but now that you're making the right choice, he is going to run your direction. Uh, you know what? And I've said this before. Some of the most miserable people in the world uh, are people that used to be filled with the Holy Ghost and used to know what it is to worship and walk with God and have walked away from Him. Uh, and, and, but they're, they're miserable because they can't even be happy in their sin. Is that true or not? 
Sure, there's the pleasures of sin, but it's for a season. Uh, and there's something in the back of their mind when they're getting stoned out of their mind. Uh, and they remember what it was like to talk in tongues. Uh, and they remember what it was like to run around church. Uh, and they remember what it was like to be delivered and set free. Uh, they remembered what it was like to be in the family of God and in the church. Uh, and somehow, uh, when they strayed away from it, they can't even be a happy sinner. I know people like that, and I also know people who have come back to God. You know what? Somebody needs to hear this right now. One of, one of the things the devil wants to do more than anything else is to make you feel like you can't walk back to church and you can't go through the doors again because people will know or people will suspect or, or people might look at you a little differently. God, I pray that that doesn't happen in our church. Amen. I don't care how, somebody, how long somebody has been out there. Our church needs to be, we're glad you're home. Think about it like this. But for the grace of God, so go I. And if I went the wrong way, went down the wrong path, I would want somebody ushering me back to the presence of God, not pushing me away. Amen. We serve a God that will welcome us home and will love us. And I believe it breaks the heart of God when he sees people make the right choice and choose or make the wrong choice and choose the wrong season in their life. But there is joy in heaven, the Bible says, when one sinner repents. Amen. What a great thing it is. I believe, in fact, the Bible said so, that all heaven rejoices when one sinner comes back to God or when one sinner comes to God. Uh, amen. I, I am so convinced uh, that God is doing a work. Uh, in fact, I think that God is trying to shake us into reality today because we some of us think uh, that the season we're in right now is, is more enjoyable than it really is. Amen. I've said this before. One, one of my best friends growing up he grew up in a gang in Hartford when he moved to Enfield we were living. And I, I remember hanging around with him because my mom sold their parents a house. She was a realtor. She sold their parents a house, and somehow she got me to hang around. This kid was crazy. I mean, this kid just was not right. <laughs> there was, he wasn't right in the head. And, 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 but, I, but I was able to hang around with him, and he was fun because his dad had – more money than my mom had, and so he had a motorcycle, and I wanted to ride his motorcycle, so I hang around him. But this guy was just a little bit off. I, I, you know, I, he, did, he did crazy, crazy things. I remember when I, when I started going to church and when God filled me with the Holy Ghost at a youth camp one year, and I came back from youth camp on fire for God, and I told him, I said, I'm not going to drink with you anymore. I'm not going to smoke with you anymore. I was only 15 years old, and I was smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. I was only 15 years old uh, when many days before I even went to high school or junior high and then high school, I would steal some of my mom's booze and drink it before I went to school in the morning. Amen. There was hardly a day where I wasn't either partially or completely drunk or stoned. Uh, there was a time there. In fact, my sister would tell you this. I went, we went to the, uh, we went to the congregational church 
before we started going to the apostolic church. And I don't know if she remembers this, but one night I went to a church dance. And my buddies and I had bought a bunch of pot, and we were smoking pot out behind the church. We'd smoke pot, go in and dance. Go back out, smoke pot, go in and, get, go in and dance again. Go out and smoke pot and go back in. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember this, but I came home stoned out of my mind, and she took one look at me. I don't know how I ever got upstairs into bed, but I did. And uh, somehow my mom, I don't think, ever found out about it. But she knew. She knew, right? And so that's the type of lifestyle I was going. That was the road I was going down at 15 years old. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, I'd be dead today. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I would be dead today. And I can say that with full assurance because I know God has been merciful to me. And I am absolutely grateful for it. In, in Galatians 6 and 9, it says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If you're a child of God today serving him, don't get weary in well-doing. Keep plugging away. Keep serving the Lord. Keep praying. Keep seeking him. Keep coming to church. Don't get weary in well-doing uh, because there's going to be a day when you're able to reap. Uh, there's going to be a day when God's going to usher you into his presence. Uh, it is worth it. Uh, it is worth it, child of God. Uh, you don't have to go away and do ungodly things. You can keep serving the Lord. Uh, amen. Sister Melanie, if, if you would come. Uh, amen. There are, there are seasons in every one of our lives. And I hope and pray if you would stand with us this morning that if you're in a season of life that needs to change, this altar is going to be open here in just a moment. We've gonna have, we're going to have some prayer warriors that will come and pray with you. But if you're in a place in your life right now when you recognize that the season you're in is short-lived, or you need to recommit to the good season you're in, then these altars are going to be open. I want God to talk to us this morning. Amen. As Sister Melanie plays. I need to say this. I love God with all my heart. And I recognize the seasons the many different seasons of my past, including that of my childhood and teen years, led me to where I am today. Am I perfect? Not by a long shot. There's a lot of things I need to change, and there's a lot of things that I need help with God, with God's help. But I am grateful for this season of serving Him because God has truly been good to me. In, fa in fact, God has been better to me than I deserve. And most of you can say amen to that. Some of you are in the season of life that your kids are now out of the house and the grandchildren are able to come over from time to time. I realized then how much fun it was to have grandkids. I would have had them first. You understand what I'm talking about? Some of you are in the season of life when you're 
maybe now getting to the end of your working career and you're thinking about retirement. Some of you are in the season of life where you have a failed marriage and you're going to go to the next step of your life, whatever that is and whatever God's plan is. So you know, you know the whole idea behind a season, a season of life. And I wonder here today if there's anybody that has chosen the wrong season for this time. Would you just take a few moments and come and talk to the Lord and maybe give Him a second chance at touching or changing your life? You know what it is to talk in tongues. You know what it is to be baptized in His name. You know what it is to feel the grace and mercy and love of God. But you have chosen a path that goes a different direction. Is there somebody that wants to give God another chance? So this altar's open and Melanie is going to be singing. Amen. If we could have some of our preachers, some of our ministers, if you could come. If you need prayer this morning, whatever that prayer is for, maybe you need prayer for healing or a miracle in your life, then these preachers will pray with you. Amen, brother. Vernon is coming. Brother Milton is coming. Is there anybody else? If we could have some ladies that would come and help us. Is there anyone that would like to talk to him? Don't feel as you're coming to the altar as an admission of something wrong in your life. It really isn't. It's in many cases just a recommitment to the good things in your life. Moses chose the children of God over the pleasures of sin for a season because he recognized that that season was short-lived. Amen. Sister Melanie, lead us in worship.